I, I like the magic sweatshirt. So thank you. <laughs> this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> I walked in. I was like, oh, right. It's first nice, time, that's my first nice time wearing that shirt. <laughs> I wear it like every day. So. There we go. So welcome to another episode of Stories from a Bar. I'm your host, Chris Osborne. For this episode, I'm hanging out at Active Ingredient Brewing Company in Malta, and I'm joined by co-owners, head brewers, Brian Fox, Nathan Rogers. How are you guys? Hey, how's it going? Good. Doing good. good. 9 a.m. Getting started early. Right. <laughs> like, the day can't go wrong when you're having a beer at quarter after nine That's on a right. tuesday morning no it's always That's a good right. start <laughs> it's always a good start yes sir this place is beautiful by the way full disclosure like i mentioned when i came in i have not been up here before and i feel bad that i haven't gotten up here <laughs> just yet <laughs> Yeah. But it's like a it's like thirty like a thirty five minute ish drive, and I don't usually have a reason to get up this way. Well, yeah, so. maybe um, sometime when we're actually open, you come back <laughs> and you can have the whole experience. It's um, see the place with full of people instead of just the three of us. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's great for recording purposes. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's not right. going to complain. We figured. Yeah. <laughs> also, happy holidays, fellas. <clears throat> yeah, it didn't occur to me that uh, it was really December until I had to throw that in this morning, or I'm like, oh shit, it's a holiday episode. <laughs> I know. Time flies this year. It's been crazy. It's just seems like the fastest year yet. I don't know why, but we're here. It's December. It know? is. You got your, your half lighted up tree here. <laughs> it was Decorated fully lit the, the other day, I promise. <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> and uh, a shout out to the gingerbread house maker that uh, you just noticed had the A symbol on there. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, someone must have dropped that off yesterday. It's uh, pretty awesome. We, our customers are... You know, we have a lot of repeat customers, and um, they do fun stuff like that for us sometimes. So, good to see that. Yeah. Well, we're going to actually, we're going to get into some more stuff, but we got a little smattering of beers here. Why don't, uh, and I'm excited to start drinking. <laughs> yeah, so are we. Let's do it. Let's start with, um, Which one with should the we start Freudian with? Sips. It's our uh, Honey Colch. Okay, right yeah. in the middle here. So, Let's this tell one's me a little uh, bit about this guy. It's an easy drinking uh, beer. It's meant for our kind of getting someone into craft beer, mm-hmm. beer. And uh, we use um, honey from Better Bee out in Greenwich, oh, so nice. it's local honey. And the honey in it is kind of to dry it out instead of give it that sweetness, mm-hmm. but it also helps round it out a little bit so you don't get the, uh, too many um, undesirable flavors. It takes yeah, away from just the beer, beer flavor of a Kolsch, which uh, right. some, people, some people love and some people don't, so it's our more approachable beery beer. The honey really, helps with that. Oh yeah, that's really nice and smooth. <laughs> that's a neat. So, that's an easy drinker. Right easy there. drinker. Yup, yup. That one sells more. I'd say in the summer than in, than in the winter, but um, it's usually one of our top two or three all the time. Nice. So, yep. You guys got any holiday plans? Uh, mm. I just had a baby uh, six weeks ago. Oh, so, congratulations! Thanks. Yeah, shout came, out to uh, baby Dean. Yeah. <laughs> He came uh, surprise, a little bit of surprise two months early. Oh, really? Um, so we just got him home like two weeks ago. So oh. that's kind of my what I've been doing the last six weeks. Nate's been handling the uh, brewery. Very thankful. That's for that. my Christmas plans. <laughs> Handle the brewery. No, it's um, yes, I have been, but we've had some some uh, help from a gentleman, Jonathan Golan. Shout out, John. Mm-hmm. He's been helping a lot. Uh, he is, he won our homebrew competition. Oh, um, yeah, I was going to ask March. about that later on. Yep, yeah. and um, he he's looking to open his own brewery fairly soon. Nice. So it's kind of advantageous to both parties, and he's been helping. Other than that, I just did all my Christmas shopping online the other day. So I'm, <laughs> I got it done in like one afternoon, you know. I'm an opportunist, tried to take advantage. 
And, uh, I God. remember <laughs> I've pretty much done most of that too. I remember going to the, I tried going to the mall last year to knock out some Christmas shopping. Just, I like to give it a try like once a year because I forget how, how awful it is. <laughs> and, yeah, um, right. I'm a, and so that was a waste of an hour as I walked around the mall and I stopped at the bar on my way home from lunch. I literally did all my shopping for my phone while I was just <laughs> sitting right? there at the bar. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to do that now. It is. It's crazy how, you know, back in the day you had to rush into the mall and do your thing and you just don't have to do that anymore. No, I remember you the usually crowds make out better so on your phone. <laughs> yeah, the crowd used to be horrible. Yeah. But uh, times are different. They are. Yeah. But I'm finally super excited. Uh, actually, I haven't done one of these in-person episodes in a while. I took a little bit of a break. Just kind of wanted to do other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, I'm super excited to get the chance to check this place out. This place is beautiful. You guys were Thank telling you. me you've only been open maybe about a year and a half. Yep. A bit. Yeah. May of 21, we opened yeah. up. Yeah, we right were at the tail end of the pandemic. Right. We, yeah, we were originally supposed to open up in um, August of 2020. Yeah. So we had to push back everything because of the pandemic. Yeah, it was pretty much the peak. Yeah. Thing, right? Yeah, it was, it was a very kind of weird <laughs> time that it happened because we just put down our down payment for our tanks so put all the half the money up and that was like kind of our main um capital that we put in and then the pandemic happened and we're like oh no <laughs> um yeah. and uh, everyone kind of get got a little scared even the bank kind of pulled out on us and uh, we had to reconvince them that we're going to just open up a little later and luckily with a good amount of planning we um opened up in may and two weeks later the whole mask uh, yeah. Guidance was off. Maybe even oh, a week. Wow. I mean, so, it was quick. Yeah. We kind of um, hit that nice. Everyone was ready to come out. We had a great opening, great first summer. And since then, we've just kind of been running with it. Nice. We were talking about um, your wooden setup outside that's beautiful and looks fantastic, which you're also trying to hang Christmas lights up on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's another step for today. Yeah, we put that in this summer, um, try to add some life to our patio. Yeah. I think it successfully did that. It's, uh, yeah, it's white pine, and we stained it a cedar color, so it has that orange uh, appeal to it. My dad took the reins on that, and Brian and I helped out, and we kind of, from the bootstraps on the pergola. So mm-hmm. Yeah, like, right, we got the uh, lumber um, from a sawmill out by, uh, by Brookfield, where Nate's from, and took it, sanded it, stained it all ourselves. Our, our staff helped us with that. That was a huge project this summer. A ton of, it was a lot. It was it was a lot of work, but it was very rewarding once it was up. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a nice piece out there. Thank you. Appreciate it. I have to admit, when I said uh, my schedule was very flexible, I wasn't expecting you guys to come back with about nine a.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> and my first thoughts like, well, I guess I'm drinking early that day. Uh, Not that I'm my complaining. Fault. Sorry, it's, <laughs> I like to get stuff done early, you know. And um, I knew we probably had a list of stuff to do today afterwards and uh i said let's let's get in and we're not open today so let's get after it you know? yeah no hey, problem. hey i'm not complaining i'm not- he's dragging me to the brewery at like 6 a.m <laughs> so this is not too bad. yeah i'm the morning guy yeah <laughs> gotta get it done you know oh too bad unified isn't open this early mm-hmm. either or I, I, I bet they're there i heard they go in early well, well, i mean probably we'll just, we'll just go there yeah we'll just, <laughs> just randomly the three just of us walk, after it's this like walking distance walk. yeah right? just cut yeah. through the back yeah. yeah we'll just walk over have you guys been watching the World Cup at all, or any interest in that? Yeah, I've, I've been following it. It was, um, it was a tough loss for the yeah. U.S., but it's been fun. It was, you know, a little different having it happen uh, during the winter instead of the summer, but it was it is. kind of nice. I mean, I got used to it pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting World Cup. A lot, of, uh, a lot of upsets and a lot of good play. 
Yeah, there was a lot of upsets in the group stage, not so much in the, the knockout round yeah. yet, which is, uh, I'm still waiting to happen. Yeah. I think we're about, what is it? I forgot who's playing it in an hour. I think uh, uh, Portugal's in Switzerland. No, that's at two. So I'll be, I think actually, I got to get some beer for that. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hook you up. Uh, because Spain and Morocco is about to play at 10. But um, awesome. I mean, I'm rooting for Argentina at this point. I just want to see Messi get the cup. Yeah, for sure. Just once. For sure. But let's talk about active ingredients. Well, actually, let's talk about you guys. This is the first time we've met. <laughs> yeah. And yes, all I know about you guys are you used to be pharmacists. <laughs> yeah. We still are. Yeah, we still, still are. Are you still pharmacists? Yeah, still One working. day a week. Yeah. We still, oh, really? we still uh, do the pharmacy thing. Well, yes, how'd you end up sure. getting interested in chemistry and pharmacy and science and stuff then? I, I, for me, I guess, um, it was my family's all in medicine, so mm-hmm. it was kind of a natural fit. And my I have a ton of uh, family members that are pharmacists now. Oh, it's really? Like, Three cousins, my two brothers, so there's you know, six of us. Nice. And that kind of that's where I started getting interested in kind of um, culinary science, mm-hmm. you know, and um, cooking, and then that turned into homebrewing right when I was like 21, so 14 years ago. Cool. Yeah. I uh, do not come from a long line of any scientists or doctors <laughs> or anything, but. Uh, my dad, one day when I was, I think, in 11th grade, found some article about how much money pharmacists make and uh, brought it to my attention because I was good at science and math, thinking at the time I was going to go into either English or the liberal arts or something in that capacity. Oh, and he really? was like, you should really maybe rethink that. Check this out. And so I did some interning, and um, it wasn't all half bad. And I said, let's do some more interning and find out more about it. And uh, that's what kind of got me started uh, into pharmacy. And man, I just feel like Brewing and uh, pharmaceutical sciences are very much overlapping mm-hmm. subjects. Um, there's, I mean, biochemistry, organic, regular physical chemistry, almost all of it. Algebra, right. math, mathematic manipulations, it all kind of microbiology. Immediately, yeah. Yeah, we did a ton of lab, um, lab work in, in school, a lot of micro, a lot of slants, a lot of um, dealing with cultures, so... It, it, it really is a ton of overlap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I knew yeah. I was going to end up doing a podcast about that involved a lot of beer, I probably would have taken science and stuff a little more seriously <laughs> myself. <laughs> I mean, I was always moderately interested and did yeah. good in it, but I'm like, it, you know, at that age in high school, I'm probably a little too young to think I'm going to start brewing beer. <laughs> right. right. You know, that's, that's yeah. what I thought too when I was after I graduated pharmacy school. I was like, I want to open a brewery. It's like, dang it. <laughs> I just spent seven years in school. And yeah, but it's it. Like, but it, it really helped. It did I mean, help. It's like, mm-hmm. and we started home brewing is very much a hobby. I mean, we were. Well, what got you interested really, to start trying brewing then? Like just home brewing yeah. in general. I, I you know what I watched an episode of uh, Good Eats, and I think he that's um one of our our chemistry teachers used to yeah. show us some uh, episodes of that, and then that got me into like, food science, and then he had to watch an episode of home brewing, and then I was like, you know what, I really want to do this, and when I should have been studying for pharmacy, I was watching uh, and reading forums on homebrewing kind of did that way and it was a ton of fun i like doing things that if i can do it i like to do it myself Mm -hmm. you know so that's what kind of got me into it i got into it a little later like after i was a pharmacist i was actually living with a couple younger students um, from from acp albany college of pharmacy and i came home from the pharmacy one day and they were like concocting something in the kitchen that to me, smell actually kind of awful at the time. It was that malty smell of, you know, when you're mashing the grains you and, to love yeah, it, though, and eh? boiling. And, and at first it was like, what are they doing? They did something wrong in the kitchen. And I went in and it was um, a very rudimentary setup. But it 
nonetheless, it, they were home brewing. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we tried it later, I mean, it wasn't good. I mean, they know it wasn't good, but it was our first try, you know, their first try. And from there, I was like, oh, that's cool. We can make our own alcohol. Why not just do it this way? And from there, I did a couple batches with them. And then shortly thereafter, Brian and I started working together in the pharmacy, uh, in the same pharmacy out in Amsterdam at Walmart. Okay. And um, we began to homebrew more and more together. Got my dad into it around the same time. Him and I began to homebrew all the time. So it just became this, you know, pro- you know hobby that became a much <laughs> more invested project over time. Awesome. So. And I, I remember when I first started um, homebrewing, there wasn't like a ton of craft breweries around. Mm-hmm. And so like I went to, we went to school in Albany, Albany College of Pharmacy, and I lived like right down the road from Mahars. Have you ever, oh, yeah. you, you yeah. ever there? Yeah. So um, that place was the best. So we used to go like three days a week. And that's how I kind of really got into like craft beer and like learning about the just, styles. Just three, just three, <laughs> just like three 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 three. at like four <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon when they open beers as we could. Yeah, and um, yeah. that's that's really how I got into it. It's like uh, Bill there um, made a good friend with him, and um, he kind of took me through all the beers that they had. And they had like sixty beers on tap, like yep. six casts. It was I don't know two hundred bottles, almost obscene. Awesome. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was a lot to it take was, in. Yeah. After like, you know, 200 or 300 different beers, I was like, I think I'm ready. You know, maybe we're going to start this. <laughs> <laughs> I've tasted my share. I'm ready to brew. Yeah, that's right. So when did you guys start thinking seriously about actually opening a brewery? I think it was like 2018, around there. We yeah. Met at the Mary Monk. It doesn't exist anymore no. in Saratoga. It's a great place. Too bad. Uh, Belgian I feel, uh, I restaurant. I feel like I know that name at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. had a really good uh, beer selection. Oh, yeah. Good food. I mean, like at that time, we still kind of are big into Belgian beers. Mm-hmm. Um, we it's don't, not Henry Street Taproom, right? Is Henry Street took the uh, No, it's some. Um, or is it the social? Uh, yeah, Flatbread social. social. That's right. I think I think they closed Flatbread. Oh, did I they? Think, yeah. I think, is Henry Street expanding there? I'm Maybe. Sure. I'm out, out of the time. Henry, <laughs> Henry Street opened Flatbread, I think, right? I think, did they? I think there was the same owners. Oh, okay. They were closing Flatbread only recently, maybe a couple within the last few months. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Well, where that that's where Mary Monk used to be. Okay. And um, that's when we kind of got together and started saying, let's let's do serious, you know, market research, serious data crunching and start figuring out numbers, mm-hmm. um, start honing in on recipes that we already kind of had already brewed, but wanted to make sure that they were really tight and ready um, for the big scale. Mm-hmm. Um, Made a ton of, ton of changes and like little, little iteration changes. Um, did the same beers for like three years straight, you know, yeah. just to get our core <laughs> six down. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that's where it all kind of started around that time frame. And then it really ramped up probably throughout 2019. We met with SCORE, which is a uh, not-for-profit through the Chamber of Commerce in Saratoga. Mm-hmm. And um, they are retired executives that help up-and-coming business owners figure out their business plan. Oh, really? And yeah. really help comb through, you know, any of the finite details that maybe you didn't think about, which there were plenty of those, um, or those that you overlooked or miscalculated. And uh, basically, they just kept sending us back to the drawing board week after week. Just asking like, good <laughs> questions to make you really think about, you know, do you really know what you're gonna, your plan is and how you're going to handle this situation and that situation. And it's free. And it's, it's kind of crazy. That's um, awesome. How, That's how, awesome. Much, how much help they provided and how um, beneficial they were for our success. They're awesome. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, Why don't we, uh, we try a yeah. second sample let's, here? Uh, that that Kolsch was great. 
thanks. Let's Jump try to cider. Yeah, let's go with cider. Let's, let's go with Adams. Adams. So this one is. Um, do you guys do two ciders here? Or we well, yeah, we do. Um, we do a very dry cider. Mm-hmm. We call it Newton Champagne, and then uh, we do Adams Apple, which is a. Um, it's the same cider blended with a little bit of uh, farm raw honey from Better Bee. Oh, okay. So just to give it a little bit of that sweetness, still, still be considered a uh, semi-dry. Yeah, we did ciders ourselves because nice. we found that the market lended itself to sweeter ciders, mm-hmm. which we didn't love. Um, so we really wanted to do a true bare bones dry cider and make it nice and crisp. And then we wanted to do one that was just a little bit sweeter than that, both on the drier side of the cider spectrum. Like if you were to go over to Minogue's right now and pick out some ciders, I mean, if ours were there, they would definitely be nearest the dry side. Yeah, that's really um, good. So, yeah, so we, we find them more refreshing that way. Yeah, you, know? yeah, you can kind of put them back a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. Every, once September rolls around, there's a solid two and a half months where I just overload on Oktoberfest and ciders. I'm like, I'm good oh, for yeah. the rest of the year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fall is an exciting time for that. It's like yeah. it just makes you want to go out and buy those kind of beers. You know, it's perfect timing for mm-hmm. it. So, you mentioned you guys have only been open about a year and a half, and mm-hmm. the pandemic kind yeah. of shifted your plans, as we talked about. I mean, what were some of the biggest challenges then? If the bank, you had to convince the bank to keep going. I yeah, mean, how they, did you have to adjust? They wanted to pull plans? out um, of the deal, and. Um, we, we just kind of had to convince them that, you know, this is not going to be, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's going to be a temporary thing before everything gets open. Vaccines were rolling out. And that was one thing that we saw on our side, which probably helped their credibility a little bit, was that we were administering all their vaccines in mm-hmm. pharmacy. And so we kind of saw it firsthand and could uh, speak a little bit more to that. We had to convince our landlord as well to push back our lease. Oh, yeah. So there was a lot of moving parts. I thought for a minute there it wasn't going to happen and that we were going to have half of tanks. And I didn't know what we were going to do with just half tanks. Brian called me about it and he was like, we need to postpone. And I was like, no, we're not doing it. We're opening. And he's like, no, I really think we need to. And I mean, this was in March of 2020 when, I mean, it could have gone either way. It could have. There was news out there saying, hey, in a month, this thing's going to curtail. And then there was news saying this will be around forever. And the wishy-washiness of it all made our decision kind of tough to like, what what are we going to do? And finally, I was like, all right, fine. You want to postpone it? Let's postpone this thing. So we were homebrewing at his place one day, and that's when we just started picking up the phone. And, you know, we called Fraunhofer. We called KeyBank. We called our landlord, Scott. We made all the calls right then and there. And we're like, if we're going to do it. Our guys. Yep, Franco Construction. I mean, if we're going to do it, we're going to pause right now across the whole way. Yeah, we didn't, like, break ground yet. We kind of didn't have a – we had a lease, but that we had some contingencies where that those contingencies kind of protected us in that sense. And then we actually moved into the spot. Did we have that before that? No, we were still. No. So we were we were going to be at the end of this plaza where Next Gen Golf is right now. Okay, that was originally where we were going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until later that this spot became available, and then the adjacent spot was actually empty. Oh, really? So where Wired Coffee used to be. We took that space and this adjacent space to it as awesome. well. So we're, yes. we're in two different suites, actually like two and a half suites here. Yeah. Gave so, us a, a lot of extra square footage that was really needed. As you can, as see, you can tell, much needed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, with the cannon line back there. It's a little tight, yeah. but it, yeah. I mean, it works. Well, that cannon line tucks away. Yeah, so I, it I noticed too that bad. too. So that's good. That's actually super convenient, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But being on wheels, that, uh, that thing is a workhorse and it's awesome. We got that um, in May. And uh, started offering cans. We before we did crawlers, and that was awesome. 
to be able to offer a canned product right yep. off the bat at yep. a very low cost. Unfortunately, it's just like you got to commit to two beers, you know, anytime you crack one. So mm-hmm. there's a little hesitancy. That's, since yeah, switched. that's why I don't get crawlers that yep. much. To, yeah. I'm like, if I got a drink, if I'm going to crack this open, it's at least two beers. Yeah, right. You got to be willing to commit. I mean, not that I'm not willing to commit. <laughs> I just try to avoid it on work nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, you want to just have one beer at the end of the night. That's where the cans come in. Awesome. And, and uh, uh, well, they'll show you some of the, the uh, can art. I am happy to, yes, I'm happy to learn. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as rough as the pandemic was, I'm not going to, the silver lining for me, at least as a consumer, was all the delivery options that became available. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Glad we didn't have to do that, though. That seemed, yeah. you know, from the business owner's side, like, Wow. Oh, very I'm sure difficult. it was. Yeah, I'm sure it was rough. But, but um, and especially for us, our business model, especially when we moved into this this spot, <clears> was, we originally wanted to have food, and that was what we wouldn't be able to have in our old space. Mm-hmm. This one had a kitchen, a very small kitchen um, that uh, Wired Coffee had, and then we had to you know upgrade it, put a hood in, and everything. But um, our business models really focused on getting beer from those taps to you right yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. So. If we had to do it all to go, I know, that would been really difficult. Mm-hmm. Well, how difficult was it trying to find a spot then once you decided you wanted to open a brewery? Like, was Malta, was, <laughs> oh my gosh. Was Malta your main, like, oh, no. the main area yes. you wanted to stick to? Yeah, it was, you know, we were looking at it before Unified was here, yeah. and because there was nothing going on, and Nate lived here yep. um, for years. Yeah, I was here for like 2015, maybe 2019. Yeah. He was telling me, he was like, this spot, there's nothing going on. Ton of people living here, but it's, oh, it's really coming. blown. It's really blown up over right. the last yeah. ten years. Oh yeah. yeah, lots of room for good places to exist. Just waiting for the good places to come in. And I mean, yeah, there's been plazas, and you know they really help it. But like all the private enterprises that are coming in and stuff like that, Unified being right over here. I mean, it's really helped to blow this area up. Mm-hmm. But so that was but, yeah, definitely the hardest <laughs> part of our journey. Well, maybe it was just the most time time consuming part was trying to find yeah. a spot. And we originally wanted to do Malta, but we had to actually get the zoning changed here because it wasn't allowed for a, they consider um, breweries uh, light manufacturing. So that's why Unified's back, back there. Back there. Oh, different zone. Because that's a different zone and that's, it's allowed <laughs> there. Yeah. yeah. Walking distance. So, yeah. Just past zone. a few trees. Mm-hmm. Right. This is, yeah, they consider this the downtown corridor. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> so like manufacturing <laughs> didn't fit in to yeah. that. Interesting. So our landlord had to go and, and over to uh, the town and, sort of present this is what they're proposing and it's not going to be huge you know you're not going to see grain silos everywhere and mm-hmm. bellows of smoke and, and whatnot you know from manufacturing all day it's gonna be small and once the town kind of wrapped their head around that and saw our drawings of what our space would look like and everything they they modified the zoning yeah they gave to us allow for a use. oh wow brewery. yeah and they were awesome though the, the town yeah. i can't say anything bad about them they yeah. super accommodating they're in here all the time. They support us. It's mm-hmm. it, it's a lot different than what we experienced in other places. And it it's like they want they have the mentality of wanting business to come in, and they support you. So it's been excellent. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you guys moved in here, did you have an idea of how you wanted this place to look? Because it, I mean, it came out really good. I love mm-hmm. the setup here. There's a little lounge area in the corner here. Yeah, that's the lab lounge. A little <laughs> place to watch some, some TV and hang out next to a bunch of plants, and it's cozy. I do like the um, plants. Thank you. That was part of our original concept was kind of, you know, modern yet a bit old school. You know, mm-hmm. we have a lot of the glassware behind the back bar. That- it's funny. I think of 
that my favorite, if I was designing a house, I've always wanted to use the phrase rustic modern. Yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> right? It's I, I just uh, like that's just the kind of vibe I like, and that's yeah. you have a, some of that going on here with like the wood on the bar here mm-hmm. behind the TV. Yeah, yeah, and then the modern elements. Is, yeah. you know, there's a lot of cleanliness. Like our our bar top is actually a epoxy resin um, lab bench material. That oh, really? you would, yeah. That, so that was kind of our shout out to pharmacy uh, there to have that. And no one maybe even really knows that, but we do, you know, yeah. and that getting that table was actually one of the hardest pieces of putting this thing together. Yeah. There's like only but, one place that makes it and it's in Texas. <laughs> right. It really? They yes. Make them, they pull them and, yeah. But that was part that we wanted to tie in to into the science piece. Um, all the glassware that you can see, we, we kind of described it to the score team as like, an apothecary that you went years later and kind of found and the plants were kind of growing over all the, the glassware um, that existed there. And we just wanted to set up shop and serve beer there. So that's what we went for, you know, a clean, modern look. So, yeah. Yeah. It came out great. I love the setup. C2 uh, architecture though. Definitely got to give them a shout out where it's deserved. They really helped that vision kind of come into reality. They mm-hmm. took what we told them and then put a rendering together. Oh, nice. And you know, this is their, you know, creative work. So yeah, awesome. Well, I'm ready for my next sample. Yeah. <clears throat> Best cider was great. Uh, let's you. do Proton. You want to go over this one? Proton. Yep. This one um, we won a bronze medal for uh, this earlier year. this year, right? The New York. Yep. The New York State Craft, Craft Brewers, Brewers Conference yeah. in Albany. Yes. And um, so our first year entering, and we came home with a medal, so we couldn't be happier. Um, yeah. Not expecting that. We just want to get yeah, some good feedback we, <laughs> on our beers. And, yep. And uh, Proton's a kettle sour. Um, so it's a, it's a basic, simple kettle sour where we pitch lactobacillus bacteria um, for about 24 to 36 hours to sour um, the beer when it's about 100 degrees. Oh, wow. And then we boil all that and kill that for the final product. So there's no lactobacillus in your final product. Right. Leaving behind the sour flavor that you're getting, which is the lactic acid. And uh, then we, then we, you know, prepare it like any normal beer, boil it, cool it, pitch yeast into it, and uh, ferment it. So this yeah. is about four and a half to five percent ABV. It's light. It's easy. It's um, only mildly tart. It's not. That's over what the top. I was going to say. I like that. It's just tart enough to keep on sipping, and mm-hmm. right. no, yeah, it's not overwhelming or anything like right. that. Right. It, it can uh, sours can be very overpowering depending on what type of acid they produce compared to like lactic yeah, this acid is a real or nice balance. Yeah, so they can either taste like acetic acid, which is vinegar. That'll, like, really strip your your palate, and you won't be able to taste much, you know, after you're drinking it. So this one's very mild sour. And one one of the things that makes this um, a lot of fun is we wanted a base beer, which you could kind of customize. So behind the bar, we do um, uh, purees. Mm-hmm. And so you can do, um, you know, Woodruff was a, uh, the traditional uh, additive to a Berliner Weiss when it was originally served in Germany. So you can add that in, which is very earthy kind of... Uh, vanilla flavor okay or a bunch of fruit so we have a bunch of syrups and uh, uh purees over there nice it's a lot of fun it was um one thing we haven't mentioned yet either is some some of the how we get the names for some of the beers very science driven uh, and i was i was i was getting to this at some point i was gonna say i love the whole uh slogan uh science by the pint thank you, you guys are definitely science driven and i love it for sure it goes into everything. I mean, even with the naming, like um, when an acid is made in solution, a proton is donated. So that name was easy to throw at this one because that's the souring process. That's what's happening. So, mm-hmm. and our can artist even kind of shows that on the can art for this one as well. So the science nerds get it and love it. And <laughs> everybody else, you know, 
might admire the artwork and, and may not know what's going on, but not really care because it looks cool too. But um, the little uh, you know Easter eggs for for the, for the scientists to pick up on are fun when they get them and bring them to our attention. So that's awesome. So where'd the name Active Ingredient come from? Then how'd you guys end up settling on that? Oh boy. So, yeah. So initially, uh, <laughs> initially we had a kind of a it was a mouthful. We were originally going to be Apothecaric um, Brewing Company um, to really go through apothecary and pharmacy mm-hmm. kind of. Well, that would be much. fun to pronounce the more you drink. Yeah. yeah, it was a mouthful. <laughs> and uh, so we actually submitted it for trademark, and uh, we were going to get it approved. And then we got a cease and desist from Apothic Wine. Mm. And uh, the trademark board um, kind of told us that uh, they'll approve us, but we'll immediately be sued. So <laughs> we decided that. Thanks, we'll thanks for the warning. Yeah, yeah thanks thanks for the, thank you. Thanks for the, the kind heads up. So we'll, we'll not do that. And we thought yep. of a different name. That was actually... Allison, right? That came up with the name. Was it? I thought it was Brian. I was gonna give Brian no, some credit no, here no, for no. this. No, it was Allison. It was our artist um, that did our logo, mm-hmm. and um, which is a great logo. I think it's one of my favorites around. I think. Thanks. Oh, thank yeah, you. She did a great job. She's a really talented artist, and um, yeah, you check out some of the can art. It's yeah, really I, I haven't seen a lot of the can art. Yeah, yeah she. I, I got to ask uh, the giant symbol you have back here. What is the green? Is that felt? Is that a living moss? <laughs> that's so. That's um, petri- petrified moss. So okay. that was living moss that they cured um, with the drying and, and light chemical process, so that it's always going to look real like that. And it's more impressive the closer you get to it. Yeah. From back here, you see the texture. That's one of the I first can... things I noticed when I walked in. <laughs> good. Good, good. That's good. what we're going for. I mean, <laughs> that um, that was a bear to get to get up there and to get produced. Yeah, that is pretty massive. And um, yeah, it's uh, ten to eleven feet uh, diameter. And uh, we had to pick that up uh, from the artist's home in a U-Haul <laughs> and drive that here because there was no trailer big enough for it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she pieced together, you know, multiple types of moss and um, really brought the logo to life. I mean, that was an idea that I had as early as, I mean, the renderings. You know, that was something we told C2, we're going to want that moss wall. And so they, you know, they drew it just like that. <laughs> And about that size and that's like okay well compared to the dimensions of that wall that's how big it's gonna have to be yeah. so and then yeah then my dad helped us hang that and that was a fun morning but uh it's up and it's impressive and people like it yeah and they go yeah. over and look at it helps and, break up the uh, industrial feel a little bit too. yeah you know going with the uh the whole plant theme and yeah greenery yep. yeah oh i forgot to ask when we were talking about home brewing do you remember the first beer you brewed I'm yeah. curious. With Brian, I remember the first beer we yeah. brewed together. Yeah. It was a Blondale. 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 It was bad. It was terrible. <laughs> it was bad. It was drinkable. We drank it. Um, we we left it during the mash and went to get subs at the local <laughs> sub shop and um, didn't have temperature control at that time. So the no. mash temp dropped from like, you know, 150 to like 130 by the time we got back. Yeah. And uh, much more of a hobby at that time. Mm-hmm. Oh, know, yeah. Much more of a let's just do it and have some fun. Yeah. Try some beer, some other breweries while we do it and, you know, get some subs and we'll finish it up later. So. Yeah, that was like kind of like, let's <laughs> brew some beer, let's have some beers. Yep, right. And really then sometimes have having too many beers and then, <laughs> Times have but, changed Yeah, the bit, first but. the first beer I remember uh, brewing was in a, it was a mini mash um, extract kit. It was a Belgian wit beer, which mm. is still one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we we have one. Uh, sellout is our Belgian wit. And nice. It's um, it's it's great. We like those kind of. We like for our menu. Um, we try to not just focus on one style of beer, yep. so we can have a lot of diversity, and uh, don't want to get too um, niche with things, and just a kind of broad classic styles, maybe with a little twist. Sweet. 
So what's your favorite thing about this place? Isn't Why it? is that such a big question? I don't know. <laughs> Everything. I mean, it's tough to to break it down. I mean, aesthetically, you know, pergola, moss wall come to mind. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's it, more of the whole thing is, it is. is really rewarding is um, opening your own business and then um, cultivating a team that really believes in your vision is is awesome, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we have a great staff that have been with us for a while. You know, one of the biggest obstacles in the beginning was uh, our kitchen staff. That was, um, we went through a ton of people in the kitchen. It was a ton of work and it wouldn't really have the best um, idea of what to do over there. Uh, but now we have um, Brandon's been with us for almost a year now, nice. doing a great job in there. <laughs> Very talented chef, and then uh, our front of the house staff is just excellent. Yeah, they the front of the house it really wows us. I mean, it, a lot of our um, servers were not servers before. Mm-hmm. They are uh, they have full time jobs often, and they're they might like beer but have never served it, never described it to people, and so we take them through a pretty thorough sensory training. Um, when we hire them on, I think they see that from our perspective, how much we care about the beer. And then they pretty much adopt that almost across the board every time. And they just are very happy to describe it to folks and make recommendations and, you know, speak with conviction and passion about the product. Because I think we took them through, you know, that whole process and they just love it, you know, right. or they've been here to drink before and they've right. had a ton good of experiences. Our, a ton of our employees are just past patrons. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up, yeah. They'll be like, oh, yeah, we've been here a I bunch. I mean, there's nothing better than working for a place you enjoy going to. to yeah. Be right, yeah. 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 And that, that was, like, really important to us when we initially started was we needed people that were really invested and really cared about the, the science behind it, right? That's our whole theme is yeah. you got to be able to speak to it. We, we like, um, you know, that they're really knowledgeable and they're able to answer your questions, whether if you're, you know, an expert or, you know, they can even talk if you just started getting into craft beer. So you want to be able to help run the whole gambit. So, pandemic aside, how what were some of like the unexpected challenges that came that onto your plate when you were trying to open? Glycol chiller. Oh, yeah. That was it's still a problem. <laughs> it's still a problem. Um, but I mean, like, me- I guess mechanical failures. If you just want to zoom out a little bit from mm-hmm. the chiller itself, um, just any time that like a hardware or mechanical piece, like it, even though they were brand new, you know, things would would break or come disconnected and. You know, we didn't have a lot of experience putting these things together before. You know, we were pharmacists and we've had very little commercial experience. So it was like that learning curve of it's not what we told how the do you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, how do Too you, too late to back out now. <laughs> yeah. How do you figure out how to put all that back together? You know what I mean? And um, make up things as you're, as you're going and, and um, educate yourself and uh, make sure everything's running smoothly, mm-hmm. even though it's, things that are definitely outside of either your comfort zone or things you've done in the past. Yeah. And we tried to, um, to mitigate some of that, those issues by, um, we took a, a course through the American Brewers Guild yep. um, out of Millbury, um, and did a, uh, became brewers, uh, through that. And that was really helpful to kind of get us from the homebrew scale to the professional scale, but it was still very limited. You know, we did a little, uh, internships here and there, but once you're here and it's all the buck stops with you it's a lot a lot different it's different <laughs> big time <laughs> like you make little <laughs> mistakes that you don't think is going to be a big deal like we it was um it was right before our grand opening and we we decided our beer was a little should be a little bit more carbs and we overcarbed <laughs> all of our oh. beer and and then the, and then the opening day we were pouring pints oh. and it was taking like a minute and a half it was it was 
awful. Well, and we learned our lesson, you know? It was Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't overcarb. Don't overcarb. <laughs> Never overcarb. <laughs> we learned the same lesson with the canning line. You just cannot overcarb. No. So, yeah. so if they tell you there's a certain amount and there's a the range, you just gotta listen to them. It's nothing too high. Mm-hmm. So what's the trick with the cannon lines? Because I've noticed when I've cracked open cans, some it's already kind of spilling out the top. Sometimes it's kind of perfectly leveled. So is there like a science behind that? It's it's kind of weight-based. Um, yeah. Yeah. So typically the ones that are, if you pop it open and beer is shooting out, it's it's a really full can. That's all really it is. Okay. Um, and it's probably got the least amount of oxygen of any can that, because it was capped appropriately on foam. Okay. Right. So... As a consumer, that little bit in the beginning there is annoying, but you're almost guaranteed to have, a, as long as it's fairly recently done, a very fresh beer there nice. um, right. because okay. it was filled right to the top and capped on foam. So no oxygen right. you know, was allowed in. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a lot of play with um, flow to get a, a little bit of foam so you cap on that foam. Or if you can't get too much foam, then you fill it up a little higher and you have only a little foam. There's a lot of different ways to do it. It's... um. It's a very evolving process too, mm-hmm. um, so you got to be on it because it depends on how much pressure you have on your tanks, um, how cold your beer is, and how those um, how those interplay during the whole process. It's a it's a ton of fun. It's super rewarding. <laughs> it's a pain in the butt and also a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's a live liquid. Very frustrating. You know, <laughs> you're working with a live liquid, so everyone in every tank might be slightly different. Okay. Um, the constituents of what's in it, the carbonation of it. Um, and as you run it through the line, as you do your first couple, you're either surprised at how easy it's going or you're immediately uh, upset at <laughs> either how overcarbed it is or how difficult it's going. So and right. then you kind of work yeah. with each liquid, you know, individually to hone that in the flow rates and, and the flow times. And, and, right. And we only have we have a single head filler. We have a very not very um, automated system. Um, we do our labels ourselves and. Um, we don't have a depalletizer, so it's there's a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more hands-on than um, than some of the, the bigger systems, more expensive systems. But it was a really nice way to get into canning at a lower price point. Yeah. Not a low price point, just lower. <laughs> yeah. Just a more affordable price yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we move on to uh, our last sample? Yeah, this yeah. one's... Uh, this one. Mom jeans. Mom jeans. Yeah, this one's a little more punny. And which on I, the which nose. I picked based on name. Okay, um, so I don't even remember. And what a this lot of people was. do. That's the good. That's that's what we're going for here with this one. It's um, it's enticing. It's it's easy for some of our our science named beers. This one's a little easier to just you know take. It's, was this the double IPA? I yes. Don't, okay. Yep. So hazy New England double. Ooh, that's um, nice. IPA with uh, Citra. Galaxy and Mosaic. Okay. It, it gets, um, what, four different hop additions? Whirlpool. Well, our normal bittering addition, which is actually a hop solution that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, then it gets whirlpooled, biotransformed, and double dry hopped. Mm-hmm. So it's got um, probably about three pounds per barrel um, of those hops. And we use a lot of uh, Lupamax style hops. So there's a lot more of the um, lupulin. A gland and the actual pieces that make up the hop that are not the leaf or the stem. Yeah, the alpha acids, the beta acids, the stuff that you actually like in hops. Okay. Not the the vegetal matter. Interesting. Yeah, they they these hops they kind of like glow bright yellow when you take them out, so you can tell they're that's kind of cool. They're different <laughs> than your regular <laughs> green hops, um, and so they impart you know more more juiciness, more flavor um, into the finished product for sure. And they, yeah, they allow you to get more yield as well because the, the the leafy Vegetal matter kind of absorbs a lot of the beer. 
mm-hmm. where this stuff goes into solution a little better. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, thanks. It's Thank um, you. This one, uh, this one we've been doing from the beginning, and that's definitely this is one of our main ones. Yeah, I'll, actually, I'll, I'll throw these are main. What's been the best seller or most popular? Well, Control Group is probably overall number one. Um, Control Group is our New England Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get us some samples. Of that. Okay, yeah, Brian will get us a sample, <laughs> so we can try that. Um, unlike what you're getting with Mom Jeans, Mom Jeans, you're getting more sweet fruit, more dank. You know, not not like a like a bright citrus flavor out of Mom Jeans. It's a, it's a, mm-hmm. a, a little bit different. Whereas the Control Group is going to be Citra Cascade. You know, it's straight up oranges, um, grapefruit, tangelo, um, very light melon, if anything. It's very much a citrus bomb. Nice. And at 6% for a location where folks might be coming, grabbing a pint or two, and then hitting the road, it's actually more of an approachable percentage to them yep. so that they can have one, maybe two, if they're staying for a long time and still still go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Mom Jeans coming in at just under 8%, a little more difficult to accomplish that feat. Yeah, so I would say so. <laughs> that's that's a... Uh... That's you know, a one that's a one can beer on a work night. <laughs> yes, not a not a two can crawler. <laughs> we see a lot more of um, mom jean sales, like of our cans, and people are more apt to grab that one and bring it home um, and drink it there. Um, we still sell plenty in the tap room, but of our off premise sales, like including Minogue's and EBI and some of the other beverage centers we're in, mm-hmm. we see a lot of repeat orders for mom jeans. Okay, um, so you do distribute some of your cans. We do. Okay, yeah, we're in. Um, think six or seven locations you, now. Um, Minogue's next door, Minogue's on West Ave, EBI in Saratoga, Latham Beverage, uh, what, say Midtown, right? Yeah, Midtown, uh, Midtown and Johnstown, and um, TJ's Discount in Cloverswell. Oh, nice. Oh, geez, yeah. I don't even know the last time I went out that. Yeah, I'll, I'm from Mayfield, yeah. so it's like, uh, you know, Sacagawea Lake. Um, yep. that's, where, that's where I grew up. So. Well, I went, to, I went to Fulton Montgomery, for my associate's degree. Oh, did that you? Way. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, and honestly, I don't know if I've been out that way since I graduated. Yeah. Or 12 years. Yeah, so maybe yeah. like 13, 14 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. My wife's from uh, Gloversville, so we go and visit them. So, it's like, try to find places that we already go to because we try to sell our beer at a pretty, we're trying to get a little bit more market exposure mm-hmm. for our products. So, we have it uh, pretty competitive, uh, competitively priced. So, Trying to find those places that we already go to and then hit up those beverage centers works out right. best for us. Yeah. So I take it once you started doing the canon, there was a pretty uh, immediate positive reaction. Yeah. Yeah. We um we haven't had any issues with the canning line. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, they've been received well. Yeah. I mean I, I mean I have a coworker that's only spoken who's between here and Unified's gone a number of times. It's only I've heard a lot of good things, which is one of the reasons I was excited to finally get up here. And all of this awesome. has been delicious so far. Awesome. awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, I'll actually um grab some of those cans to show you. Okay. You yeah. Trying to control so you can, you know. Um So do you have, Brian, a favorite style in particular that you like really doing? Do you know it, it's kind of evolved. I mean, um, we talked about Belgians a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like that was we do um a good amount of German beer, and we do, um, you know, Belgian wit was one of my favorite styles for a long time. But my when I initially started brewing at homebrew scale, I did a lot of like ambers and browns and stouts, and that's kind of it. I couldn't like back then. It was like Sierra Nevada was like way too hoppy for me, mm-hmm. and it's like now it's like my my profile, my flavor profile has changed, and um, I really enjoy brewing all the styles. One that's fun that we're just starting is doing fruited sours. Yep. That's a lot of fun. So we do. Um, I mean, that's well. That's really picked up in the last couple of years. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's um we do we use Philly sour, which is actually a um it's a naturally um, occurring yeast that uh, produces oh, nice. lactic acid. So it's um it's kind of a it's an easier way to do some of these sours, and it produces a really great product. And uh, we just started doing um, a fruited series, so we do a uh, tart cherry. That's dealt every oh, day. nice, yeah, yeah. So that one um, cherry. I mean, I'm always I'm down for anything cherry to try for sure. Yeah, and it's um it's from a um, cherry farm. Um, the concentrate is made right on right on site. They ship it right to us. It's super fresh. It's really high quality, and it comes out really amazing in that. I mean, are you guys able to use a lot of local ingredients? We talked about uh, what was the meadery or the the honey we yeah. get from Better Bee, yep. which is out in Greenwich. Yeah. Um, we try. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we're we're looking to get in more is be more New York State grain. We do um we don't use New York State grain primarily right now. We do supplement with it. Mm-hmm. And then hops, we're trying to get a little bit more into um, local New York hops. Um, with, we start using a lot of New York State Cascade, which is awesome. But a lot of the a lot of the ones that we use in in our IPAs are not they're like New Zealand or Australian. So you really can't get too much local with those. Okay. Nate, did you have a favorite style you like brewing or working on? Gosh, not necessarily. No, I just kind of. I mean, I guess working on is different. I mean, I like the the challenge of the IPAs because they're just more involved. There's more steps to hone in and get right um, and do slightly different. We just started uh, an experimental IPA series. Um, we actually have one in the fermenter finishing up right now. It's going to be a session, 5%. Okay. And um, we've, we use three different hops we've never used before, um, Azaka, Brew One, and Cashmere, um, as well as experimenting with some mash hopping. So you use Cosmic Punch in that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Use Cosmic Punch yeast from Omega, nice. um, which is a thialized yeast strain that uh, if you – hop in your mash, um, you can uh, unleash some of those thiols using the enzymes from the husk of the grain. Um, and then when pairing it with that yeast, they work hand in hand together to free up some of those passion fruit, guava type it's, uh, aromas. It's really unique. It's very it's interesting. interesting. That does yeah. sound pretty interesting. Yeah, it's scientifically modified, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they, they, they yeah. gene splice the DNA of, of Saccharomyces yeast and they got it to really, really go after the thiols, which is awesome. Do we have any of the Blondale? Uh, Cosmic Blonde, yes, that's another one. We, we have it on tap or no? Not on tap. We have uh, it in cans. Can. Looks yeah. like we have some cans to send you home with, yeah, Chris, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, so I'm, you I'm not going to say today. no, <laughs> and I very well, much appreciate that. Yeah, you got it. By the way, this I love the art. I do like the artwork a lot. We talk, mentioned it earlier. This is some cool stuff. Yeah, thanks. It's yeah. different. It's unique. It stands uh, yeah. out. I would notice this if I was in the beverage center that's just what, at a that's, wall with... That was our idea. Is like You know, sometimes... Um, they're a little too busy and you don't know what kind of beer you're getting yourself into. And at the price point, you know, you're looking at almost $20 a four pack. We want to make sure that we're sending you home with something that you're going to enjoy. Because if you get something that's not what you want, like you're not going to want to buy any more of our beer. So that's why on all of our beers, we have um, century uh, panels. So you can see right here. And it kind of tells you what it's going to taste like, you know, what flavors you're going to get from that beer. So you can make a little bit more of an informed choice when, when purchasing. And, you know, it's like kind of a, more white space with a with a little bit of artwork, but not completely artwork where you can't tell what kind of beer it is. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I've had both kinds of labels jump out at me, super busy ones and then more subdue plain ones. And this is something I would definitely notice when I'm just standing there at a, at a wall for a half hour. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to buy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you know, so many know, options. Yeah. yeah, It's so difficult. You know, it's nice with uh, Minogue's. They do it alphabetically. So like, oh, do first, they really? We are first. <laughs> the I, I've section. also not been in the Minogue's right here. <laughs> you should you should check it Wonderful out. Wonderful place. They, um, redid it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. They did a um, great job. Because I live down in Schenectady, so I go to, I can't remember the name now, but there's Glenville Beverage that I pop in uh, right in Glenville there, and there's a place on Altamont Ave that I'm totally blanking on the name. So if they hear this, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> um, Happens. Are there any memorable experiments that have gone horribly wrong? Uh, <laughs> I'm always curious. Hate to admit. Chain reaction? Chain reaction, yeah. That's probably... We've, that was... Yeah, that was... <laughs> Before we got a hop doser, and that was probably our one of our best purchases for a very inexpensive thing, is a way to add hops without adding oxygen. So it's like a little chamber that you put on top. Okay. You flush it with CO2 after you add your hops in there. You vent off the oxygen, and then you kind of shoot them into the tank. Interesting. So, but, yeah, you want to tell, tell them? About yeah, we had a couple. <laughs> I just thought of another one, too. Um, fun, fun to relive these for a hot minute to remind ourselves, too. Yeah. Um, I think it was the yeast strain we chose for that beer. And um, we'll never use it again for a hazy New England. Mm-hmm. Um, on paper, it was supposed to perform well. And over time, it just completely dropped out in the tank. So we had an 8% hazy, delicious IPA called Chain Reaction that we put out last fall. And for the first, I'd say, three, four weeks, that thing was awesome. And then all of a sudden, over the course of two weeks, week or two, it all dropped right out. <laughs> and huh. and uh, the taste kind of dropped right out with it, to be honest with you. Yeah, so was that was weird. one of the only beers we had to actually waste, which was that hurt. But yeah. it's you, like you said, you learn from it. You try to go back and see what might have caused that and just try to not repeat it. Um, the other what we tried to do is a seltzer. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, those, the, were, those were popping up left and right. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we wanted to do one for summer. Um, and we probably still will. <laughs> it seemed easy enough. It's, it's very easy, actually. A little water, a little, little dextrose, and a little yeast nutrient, and a little yeast. Mm-hmm. And uh, just let it make seltzer. And it did, and, and it had alcohol in it. But uh, it smelled like pure sulfur. I mean, really? It was just, yeah. yeah, the smell on that beer was, uh, or on that seltzer was bad. serious. Wow. So, yeah, and we used a yeast nutrient and a yeast that were meant to be paired. So, you know, where where that went wrong and the dosing rates were accurate so i'm not sure you just maybe yeah, not just use those products yeast nutrient you gotta like yeah. dose it more like cider mm-hmm. yeah. along the process you got to kind of add it because even even the yeast that we use for cider doesn't like to metabolize cider um it doesn't have everything it needs so you're going to add in like nitrogen and things like that so yeast nutrient mm-hmm. um, along the way so it has what it needs to so it doesn't produce those off flavors that's my. That's my. Guess. Yes, we'll we'll check another crack yeah, we'll, at it next we'll, summer. We'll definitely do another <laughs> seltzer for sure and, and uh, get it right. But. Move on to this late sample that entered the game here. Which one was this again? I control group. Okay, and which and what was this? Uh, so this one's our our kind of our flagship. Um, it's a New England Pale Ale, uh, right at six percent. This one is um, is Citra and Cascade, so two really good citrusy hops. Uh, get a little grapefruit. Um, you get um, a little bit of melon, a little tangelo. Little I like that. That's good. And it's a, this one's this is by far our best seller. Okay. And um, easy drinking. It's um, was a lot of fun. It went through a lot of iterations in the beginning. 
and we kind of found it's where we like it and then we we, we kind of can't help ourselves and we change things like every <laughs> single time even though it's like it's good can it be better you know and usually the little tweaks um you know produce something and some most of the time they're good because we we try to make them calculated but i can honestly say i don't think there's a batch that we did exactly the same every single time it's really, there yeah, now. This is really nice now we're pretty close i'd we're say we're there. We're honed in, um, but just changing the mash profile a little yeah. bit, making it maybe a little bit more residual. And you're not less. experimenting on anything small. I mean, you're experimenting no. with your whole system. So, yeah. what is that like for you guys when you're taking that kind of risk in your hands? Initially, a bit daunting. Now, we do it all the time. Yeah. So, I know a lot of people will buy those pilot systems. Yeah. And they'll do one and three barrel, um, you know, pilot batches. Well, we got our system, so we can do we. We can do five barrel batches in our system, and that was kind of our idea. We'll just do half batches, but then when you get through it, it's you know the cost is maybe you know a grand or two. The yeast is expensive, but like um, the amount of time that you have to put in to a one barrel batch compared to a ten barrel batch is nominal. So it's like we're gonna do it. Let's just do it because if we hit it right and we're trying to make calculated risk, and if it comes out great, it's great. We have ten barrels of it. If it doesn't, all right, we'll, we'll try to figure it out next time. <laughs> yeah and there's ways to describe those flavors too so like if you do an experiment and it comes out 10 percent off of what you were expecting it to to come out Mm -hmm. but that way that it came out was also pleasurable in a way there's ways to just describe that to your to your customer and say hey this is what we did this is the outcome we got so this is what happens when you change one or two ingredients and you can taste it in this way so it's not that it's a a throwaway or oh it's not exactly control group yeah it, it is it's just the nuances, if they're described, are perceived okay. So that's right. the difference, I think. Yeah, and that, that actually goes into uh, something that we do. Is our, it's basically like our mug club. We call our lab partners. Yep. And um, uh, we do uh, tastings, especially during our first year we, when we were making all these iterations. was a lot of fun. We'd bring them in on like we were like a Monday or Tuesday when we were closed. And uh, we just like bring in pizza. It'll just be them, us. And um, we would um, give them samples of uh, – the old batch and the new batch and then see how what how they liked it so we got real-time feed right there uh feedback from them and got to explain the differences and got them really invested in the changes nice it was a lot of fun and it was mm-hmm. you know i'm always down for pizza sense. and beer sampling yeah, so, yeah. I, mean, I can't i'd be happy too uh just one or two questions to wrap up as we're sure. getting closer to the hour than i thought we were <laughs> uh so you guys have anything special cooking that new IPA that starts our experimental series is okay. uh, almost done. So another maybe week or two right now, we're just so flush. All 12 taps are taken. So as soon as one thing sort of falls off. That's a nice selection, will... by the way, having 12. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good yeah. amount we find. It kind of was against, like, we, we originally wanted to start with less, you know, and that's what we, when we opened up, we had six beers and two ciders, and we're like, we don't want to, you know, put too many things on the on the menu where yep. people get a little menu fatigue. Yeah. And they can't pick a beer because there's too many options. But then you see, like, you want to just brew any, a ton of different styles and you <laughs> yeah, can't help yourself. You can't <laughs> help it. And then now you have 12 beers and every tap is taken <laughs> so, and you're waiting for taps. And, um, yeah. and we're like, oh, so, we should have put some more taps in again. Yeah. But, but it's probably good that we didn't because, you know, yeah. keep the, the selection a little bit less. Yeah. So that would be what's coming up. Nice. And then we're going to do uh, um, like a cherry cocoa stout, like imperial stout. Oh, interesting. Coming up a little bit later. Yeah, you got the uh, the sour too. 
we have another iteration of Delta. Yeah. Um, Delta pH. Uh, instead of using cherry, we're going to use a different fruit. I'm not going to disclose what that is yet because okay. I, don't, I don't know for sure. <laughs> we're still um, working on we it. We have to test through Work a Work in progress. But yeah. um, it's very close. The first That'll one, be, I think we tasted 20, 20, 30 samples of um, purees and tried to figure out what would go well. And it's it's fun and it's it's also it's challenging at the same time. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a fun experiment, but it's time consuming. And once we found the cherry, it was everyone just sort of looked around at each other and they were just just nodded their head like, we finally found it. Yeah, let's do it. Nice. So, so is there something you want to do that you haven't done yet when it comes to brewing? Let's say even yes. with active ingredient <laughs> in general. Um, I guess on the brewing side for me, I I'm I'm excited to to work more on our uh, lager series. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to start doing experimental lager series. And uh, just to kind of get through, um, we started last year. Was the first one? Oh, we, we did Fest Beer. That was the first one. That was a lot of fun, um, which was in a style. Um, it's it's an Oktoberfest, but it's a uh, it's a lighter than the, the one that um, a lot of people are used to, which is a Marzen style. And, you know, in, in Germany, they stopped drinking uh, Marzen, you know, at Oktoberfest like I don't know, 40 years ago. But it didn't really catch on here, and uh, we were excited to, to bring that to the market. And um, that's like a, a lighter, easier drinking version of a of an Oktoberfest. Interesting. And so that kind of kicked off our lagering, and um, we did a Mexican lager. I'm excited to do that one again, and yeah. uh, maybe like a, maybe a Dunkelweizen or something like that. I think that, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I would good. like to do. Nice. One that I want to do that. I finally got Brian to agree to do. <laughs> I already like his reaction. I've been yeah. I've been asking to do a saison now for my god, pretty much since opening. And, yeah, um, first day one. <laughs> but the rule is we don't brew something unless we both agree. So Brian has not been on board. So ah, he finally, finally, <laughs> I was talking with Nick up at Whitman, Nick and Sam up at at Whitman Brewing. That's another and, place um, I need to check out. They're, oh, they're awesome. Great. They're, they're great. awesome. Yeah. Their food looks awesome too. Oh, it's, it's fantastic! Good. That pizza is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I said to Nick, and I've, I've been I've been bugging Nick to do a collab now for months, and finally he's kind of okay. We're going to do one, you know. And I said, well, what do you, what do you want to do? And he, as he was thinking, I said, well, what about a saison? And he immediately was like, ding, 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 yes. And then he said, what about a honey saison? Which oh. I said, well, we already do honey beers. I've got you know my uncle's honey from from Brookfield that we that we have to experiment with let's let's do it so this spring sometime nice. um, we're gonna go up there and, and collab with them and uh finally get that saison <laughs> yeah that's a i've been itching to check them out i've had a couple of beers their beers make it down to um at least westmere beverage okay. center yeah so i've picked up a couple cans there and those have been great yeah, but, but just those job. pizzas i'm like i gotta get up there i know yeah. they're so good yeah and they just opened like a beer hall or something like that yeah i, I saw that a good too. time to go check it out i but I think that's going to do it for this episode, fellas. All right. Great. <laughs> well, thanks for coming by. Thank you. So it's been another successful episode, I'd say, of Stories from a Bar. It's 10-10. I've tried five beers. <laughs> <laughs> On a Tuesday morning. <laughs> On a Tuesday morning. Sure. Now you're ready for that World Cup game. I am. Awesome. Uh, big thank you, Nate and Brian, for hanging out. I really appreciate you guys taking some time to hang out, have these samples, tell me about the brewery and everything. This has been super fun. Our pleasure. Yeah, thank you. If thank you're you, not sir. doing it already, be sure to go and like, follow, subscribe. All the things you would do to social media pages for Active Ingredient Brewing to keep tabs on everything they have going on. You can check out their website, activeingredientbrewing.com. Anything else you guys want to throw in? 
that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thank yeah. You. Huge thank you to everyone out there for checking out the show. You can, of course, follow Stories from a Bar on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at StoriesFAB to keep up with everything going on and coming up with the show. You'll find Stories from a Bar on all major podcast platforms. So be sure to like and subscribe and leave fantastic reviews. I appreciate it. So until next time, everyone, cheers. 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 cheers.